cherished listeners and viewers as well. We're always excited to come your way every Wednesday with your favorite business development program on Radio Masterclass. Masterclass is powered by Joy Business and brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, they say good energy. Goyle, Yenara Yedia. Masterclass is also brought to us by First Code Management Services. And they say industry. Get it right. It's the 10th of March today in the year of our Lord, in the month of March. Gradually, the year is prodding on three months in the year already, like we always say here on the show. If there's something that you wanted to do, something you thought of starting, you haven't started yet, it's never too late to start. Just start it because you'll be able to give account and be happy for the things that you have done going forward. In the last couple of weeks, we have been discussing the Africa Free Trade Continental Area. We will not be discussing that today, but something that also helps in the era of business and help people to do things for themselves. My name, as always, is Yabanafo, and I will be your, your host for the show today. Today, like I said, we will not be continuing with our conversation on the after, because we're going to be talking about something really super important. In the era of business, when we set up businesses, when entrepreneurs build their businesses and all of that, they do this to help people create employment, help people to be able to fend for themselves and do things that help people not to be dependent on other people. And if you like, we always say that they help people to be able to fish for themselves instead of just receiving fish for people, if I can use that illustration. And so there have been a number of initiatives in our business environment. The government has done some of them through EDIF and through a few other places. The Ministry of Finance is putting out a few of these initiatives as well. And some donor agencies have also done this with us. And some institutions and organizations abroad have also been part of this endeavor. On the show today, we're joined and we're going to be having a conversation in a particular thing that the United Nations is doing with the Ministry of Finance. And it's a program, special program referred to as the CSO RISE program, CSO RISE program. And what it essentially stands for is the Civil Societies Organization in Research and Innovation for Sustainable Development, Sustainable Development. I'm sure that in all of our conversations in business, in every arena, in every area, you hear the word sustainability, sustainable development. What's all this about? It's about helping people to be able to do things in a way that can continue on its own once the initial momentum is created. And then we can all become very you know, well provided for and catered for. And this program essentially looks at a number of areas. So the things they will look at will be sustainable agriculture, naturally, because a lot of our people are working in that space here in Ghana also and across Africa. It's also going to be looking at the area of social protection, decent work in the agro sector, organizing waste management, and a few other areas as well. And I'm privileged to be joined here on the show today by two wonderful gentlemen. Um, the first one is in the person of Mr. Peter Smith. Peter Smith. Peter is the deputy head of delegation of the European Union. Peter, you're welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for right. having us. Uh, great to have you here on the show today. And I'm also joined in the studio today on the show by... Mauro Bartolomeo. I hope I got the name right. Mauro, right. you're also welcome to the show today. Thank you very much. Thank right. you for having us here. Beautiful. So Mauro is the country representative for one of the implementation partners. So I'm, I hope I get this right. The CSO Rise is a program. It's a 9 million euro program meant at helping people and empowering them. Under that program, there are a number of projects, if you like. And Mauro represents one of those projects and he's a country rep for this project. We'll be going into a conversation with them shortly, just trying to find out and understand exactly what it is that this whole program is about, how it can benefit people in this country of Ghana, who exactly is going to benefit from this program, and why is it being done the way it's being done in the first place. Just to remind our viewers and our listeners also that we're streaming live on Facebook, 
So if you want to join this conversation, by all means, go to our Facebook page and be a part of this conversation. Masterclass today is brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, they say good energy. Goyle, Yenara, Yedia. And it's also brought to us by First Code Management Services. Industry, they say, get it right. So in our conversation today, we want to start with Mauro, if you please, just to sort of give us a bit of an introduction into this conversation. And then um, subsequently, um, we'll have a chat with, with you as well, Peter, and then also get some thoughts some thoughts from you as well. So Mauro, just some introductory comments, if you like, before we go into, into, your, into asking you real questions. Sure. What, what, is, what is this whole thing about? Okay, thank you very much. So, um, just to give a bit of a background, uh, as you said, the CSRI's program is a big program with uh, more than one partner implementing different projects in different parts of the country with different focus. So, we are one of the implementing partners. Uh, the project is funded by the European Union and our project specifically focuses uh, on the north side of the country. So, we are mostly based in the north side. Um, what the project is about? Well, the project covers several aspects because, as you said, when you look at sustainability, you have to provide the communities with the sustainability which aims at reaching different goals. Because you have to take sustainability, but you also have to look at rural development. So when you look at the communities that we work with in the north, then there are several aspects that you have to take into account. Mm. From our side, we're working in agriculture, but we're also working in social protection. We're also working in environmental protection. And especially, we're working on the capacity, on the... um, increase access to research, innovation, and in general, exchange of knowledge. So if I can put this in very simple words, you're working to make people's lives better. On many aspects, okay. <laughs> okay. Right. So as a, as a project lead or as a country rep for one of the implementing partners, before we go into your detail, what's the name of your, of your should I say your, your company, your organization? Your NGO. Pro- your, your NGO. What's we are an NGO. <laughs> okay, what's it called? So we are an NGO. The name of the NGO is CISS. Okay. The NGO is originally from Italy, but mm. we've been operating in Ghana for now two years. Mm. And CISS stands for, um, stands for South-South International Cooperation. South-South International Cooperation. Correct. And your area of focus in Ghana, like you said, is the northern part of Ghana. It's the northern part of Ghana. So right. um, let me give you some brief information mm. about the project. Our project is called Sustainable Livelihoods. Okay? Right. So right. the aim of the project is to decrease and to reduce the economic, socioeconomic and environmental vulnerability of rural communities living in the north of Ghana. Mm. Particularly, we're going to operate in six regions. We are in six different regions. There were four at the beginning, but then after the referendum, we got into six. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we have 30 districts all Mm -hmm. over these six regions, Mm -hmm. and we operate in uh, Bono, Bono East, Mm -hmm. Northern Region, Northeast, Mm -hmm. Upper East, and Upper West. So as you can see, the geographical area that we cover is quite big. Mm. So you are wondering probably how are you going to cover this big, big area we're going to do it by the partnership with local organization because as a matter of fact we are the leading organization in the implementation of the project but we have partners and the partners are two local ngos 
the Network for Community Planning and Development from Accra, mm -hmm. the uh, Rural Development Association uh, from uh, Kumasi. And then we have one academic institution, which is uh, a center for research on appropriate technologies for environmental protection from Italian university which is called University of Brescia. Mm. So this is just to give you a bit of the overall. So there is a bit of local content also even in the implementation process. Definitely. Right. So this is why when we talk about sustainability we always need to look at local actors, okay? Because mm. in the end when the project will be gone then they are the one that we will keep on carrying on with what has been done before. So this is one level of sustainability. You've talked to us about the districts which are benefiting about 30 districts which are benefiting from the program how long is this program expected to last and what success points would we be look uh, be looked at for the implementation process so um say it again sorry okay so <laughs> then two parts how long is the project, the expected project to last? okay so yeah. the project is going to last four years for four years yes the project has started in june 2019 Mm. So now we are in the second year of implementation. So it's already started, has it? It has already started. Uh, right. We are actually in the second year of and we already achieved some good success yes. in terms of the project outcomes that we are very proud of. And we're keeping on going because, as you can imagine, a project is conceived like a progressive process mm. where at the beginning you start with the number of activities and then these activities, they keep on growing, meaning that you add layers of, uh, let's say, depth to the project. So, for instance, we started with training, okay, with the, with the farmers. Mm -hmm. But then during the second, the third and the fourth year, we will go from training to the support to the local enterprises. So you were mentioning what the success, what, what our success looks like for us. Exactly. So, of course, as you can imagine, the aim, the, the goal of every program, uh, especially when you work with a donor such as the European Union, mm. is the um, development of the local entrepreneurship, mm. okay? Meaning the job creation. Because in the end, we think that in order to increase the livelihoods of the people of the rural community mm -hmm. we work with, there is no better goal to achieve than job creation because yeah. job provides you with a salary, with, a, with an income, and an income allows you to improve your yes. living condition. So, first of all, the, 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 the first goal that we want to achieve is job creation. Mm -hmm. So, how are we going to do that? We're going to do that by providing the farmers with the right skills and training, uh, providing the farmers with the right input supplies and providing also the local uh, entrepreneurs with the right support. Mm. Let me tell you something very shortly. As I said, we have different aspects in this project, but uh, I would say that the main focus is on the value chain of cashew and beekeeping. Mm. So this is what beekeeping we Beekeeping and cashew. Exactly. Right. Precisely what we achieved to do is that, as you know, cashew is one of the five cash crops, uh, uh, also according to the Ghana government. Mm -hmm. And cashew has been especially in Bronga Afo for many, many years. But there is a good potential for cashew even in the north side of the country. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the north side of Ghana, it's more arid, it's more drought, and mm -hmm. the cashew is a perfect tree to grow there, which has a very high market value. But the thing that we want to do is trying to go from the raw cashew nuts to the processed cashew in order to increase... Processing the raw... 
Exactly. Produce. The market value of the product uh, so that the farmers can also, can also have a, a better income. Mm. But more than that, the integration with beekeeping is very important because on one side, the beekeeping inside the cashew plantation allows you to increase your yields because basically if you put the bees, if you put... Uh, the beehives boxes in your cashew plantation, having the bees inside the plantation allows for the bees to increase the rate of impollination of the plant. Very, very So impressive. the more pollination you have inside the plantation, the more fruits outputs you will have. Produce. And on the other side, the beekeeping uh, and the honey that comes with it will provide the farmers with the, uh, how you call it, with the side income, so to say, mm. you know? So you can always Another have... stream of income. Yes, exactly. So in the end, what we want to do is working on this side, supporting the local uh, enterprises with the job creation and how we're going to do it with the input supply, but also the we want to have, we will uh, have the installation of cashew processing unit. Mm. Mm. Let me just ask, side. in terms of your saturation for the six regions, this is year three because you started in 2019. So this is year three or two. year two. What would you say? So you're halfway down the line. In your own estimation, how would you say your success rate has been in terms of what you see as output? Well, Have you been able to cover all the grounds? At so what level are you at? You know, do you think you will make it at the end of the four years? In terms of your completion timeline? So far, so far, so good. So far, so good. As, yeah. uh, as you can see, I mean, the geographical area is quite wide. It's this is why huge, yeah. we have uh, def- different, let's say, regional offices mm. that they are able to cover this geographical area. So far, we've been working in Bono, Bono East, in Upper East, Upper West, and now we started to work in the Northern region and Northeast. So I can say that, uh, of course, by the end of the project, we will reach everybody with all our activity. In terms of your reach... The number of people you wanted to reach, you, you had an estimate in mind. Of course. In terms of the people you have been able to reach now, okay. having gone onto the ground and experienced all the, the realities of implementation, in terms of percentage, don't even give me numbers, percentage, would you say you are about 90% successful in reaching the target number you wanted to reach? Oh, definitely, definitely. Of course, mm. you need to consider something. We are in a COVID here. Naturally. So last yeah. year, as you can imagine, our, our activities mm. were very impacted by the restrictive measures mm. taken by the government to prevent the spread of the disease. Mm. So as you can imagine, last year, it was a bit of a challenge because we needed to stick with the rules, uh, but also doing our job. Mm-hmm. So we had a change of strategy, okay? If at the beginning we were going for district level training, at some point we needed to go for community level. So mm. and also reduce the numbers, reduce the risk. Exactly, reduce the number and reduce the risk. Luckily, this year, we are much more aware of what is going on mm. and we're able to adopt all the measures in order to have training uh, with social distancing, with nose mask, with uh, uh, sanitizer, I mean, all the necessary measures that mm. we need. I mean, we're really lucky because, for instance, in Ghana, one of the inventions of Ghana in, in the fight against of, uh, 
against COVID-19 was actually the Veronica buckets mm. that has been very good for us, a very uh, useful tool mm. because we place it every time during our training, several Veronica mm. buckets. We also distributed these COVID-19 kits to the communities mm. in order to have safety measures that can allow us to do our job for the beneficiaries to receive the proper training and mm. for everybody to be safe. If someone is listening to us this afternoon and is from any of these six regions and they want to be a part of this, have they missed the, the timeline already? Do they have to wait for the next project? Or can they still go to any of your offices? Well, uh, they can definitely come to our offices. I mean, that's for sure. But consider that uh, uh, we have engaged all the target districts that we're working with. Mm. So we already have one level of, let's say, engagement. Engagement, yeah. Because we started with the engagement at the national level, with the ministries, then we, go, we went to the regional level, with mm. the RCC, and then we went to the district level. So all the target districts have mm. been reached. But right. in any case, of course, they can come in uh, to our office and uh, know more about what the project is about and understanding if they are actually, you know, eligible beneficiaries. Mm. If somebody wants to reach you, they're listening this afternoon, they say, listen, yeah, I heard what you spoke about. I'm very interested in the project. I live in the Upper East region. How do I get in touch with Mauro and his team? Well, Where are your offices and how can you be reached? So our offices, they are in Bolgatanga, in Tamale, okay. and in Techiman. Please repeat that slowly for me. Your offices, the project offices <laughs> for CSO Rise. Bolgatanga, uh-huh. Tamale, and Techiman. Techiman? Techiman. Right. right. Okay. So uh, me, myself, I'm more based in Tamale office because mm. we are the leading one. So we'd say in the middle between Bolgatanga and mm. uh, uh, Techiman. Mm. Our office in Tamale is located in Jesonaili Road in Gurugu area. You pronounced it very well. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there okay. quite along so far. So. Okay. Are there any numbers to call? Are there any, or is there a website? Uh, there is definitely the website from our NGO, which is okay. cissong.org. Okay, please repeat so, that for me slowly. My, my, C- my listeners may want to write it down. C-I-S-S-O-N-G dot o-r-g so there is definitely all the contact that you need to get in touch with us and to know Mm. more about what we're doing i will come back to you shortly how long have you been in ghana maro uh two years i would say i'll I'll, I'll come back to you we'll have a conversation because here at multimedia we're celebrating ghana month okay and i'll be interested to find out what one thing about ghana resonates with you and what you have what's your opinion of ghana is since you've been here but hold that thought for me if you just tuned in, this is Masterclass right here on the Superstation Joy 99.7. And we're having a conversation with Mauro and Peter here who are from the United, um, sorry, from the European Union. And they're involved in a 9 million euro project here in Ghana, which seeks to make the livelihood of Ghanaians better through enablement and aid and donor support also. Just remind us that Masterclass today is brought to us by Goyle. Goyle, they say good energy, Goyle, Yenara, Yedia. And also by First Code Management Services. Industry, they say, gets it right. Just a quick message from First Code Management Services. They say that in these moments of increasing uncertainties, firms are compelled to seek tailor-made solutions to reduce risk and to grow their businesses. For startup investors, SMEs and business owners, First Code Management Services provides advisory and facilitation support for company formation and business setup, for corporate secretarial and business compliance, for accounting, for research and market entry, for training and for capacity building. First Code Management Services is your first point of call 
for first management support services. Talk to us today or call us on 0302-297-2263 or 0302-2972-264. Locate us at 60A Westlands Boulevard, West Legon, or visit us on www.firstcodelimited.com. Industry, they say, gets it right. We're going to be having a conversation with Peter shortly, but before we do that, we take a quick message and we come right back. Your favorite on-air business development program, Joy Business Masterclass, is in session. And you can interact with us on Facebook via the Joy 99.7 FM or Joy Business pages. If you tweet, the handle is at Joy 997 FM or at Joy Business GH. Don't forget to hashtag JB Masterclass. You can also call us on 0302-216541 or send your questions and contributions through to the WhatsApp number 551 and our facilitators will address your concerns. Attention everyone, class is in progress. Welcome back, this is Masterclass. So going cashless has never been this convenient and exciting. Goyle's e-payment systems are now compatible with the GH Link and National Payment Platform. Now you can get your GH Link card on the Goyle's POS machines to purchase fuel. GH Link Card offers additional payment options for fuel purchases at Goal stations in addition to the Go Card. Every fuel purchase is recorded automatically on your monthly bank statement, helping cardholders track and manage their expenses. So go ahead and use your GH Link Card to buy fuel and all lubricants from any of Goal's over 400 stations across Ghana. Go cashless and protect yourself and stick to all the COVID-19 protocols in these times. Goyle, they say good energy, Goyle, Yenara, Yedia. First code management services. In these moments of increasing uncertainties, firms are compelled to seek tailor-made solutions to reduce risk and to grow their businesses. For startup investors, SMEs and business owners, first code management services provides advisory and facilitation support for company formation and business setup, for corporate secretarial and business compliance, for accounting, for research and market entry, for training and capacity building, First Code Management Services is your first point of call for all your management support services. Talk to us today or call us on 0302-2972-263 or 0302-2972-264. Locate us at 60A Westland Boulevard, West Legon, or visit us at www.firstcodelimited.com. Industry they say get it right if you just tuned in this is masterclass and we're having a, a big conversation on an initiative or a program if you like called the cso rise put together by the european union in collaboration with the ministry of finance and we've just been having a great conversation with mauro bartolomeo who's a country rep of one of the implementing partners and one of the four projects under the cso rise program um and his ngo if you like is referred to as the sad sad um Corporation International, CISS. They have their offices um, in Tamale, in Bogatanga, and in Techiman. And he'll come back and have another conversation with us on what his thoughts are on Ghana as a country since we're celebrating Ghana Month here at Multimedia. But right now, we want to go into another conversation with um, the Deputy Head of Delegation of the European Union here in Ghana. I'm privileged to be joined by him here in the studio. I've already welcomed him, but let me do this again because this is Ghana Month. Uh, Peter, you're welcome. Thank you, John. To the show once again. Great to be here. Right. So we want to have a, a conversation around 
um, CSO Rise. What is a CSO Rise program, and what are its objectives? What does it seek to to achieve? Mm-hmm. Um, so mainly, we wanted to engage with civil society organizations here um, to work for the benefit of the Ghanaian people. Mm. We, as European Union, have been here for over 40 years. Now it's an embassy delegation before it was commissioned, but that's just technicality. Mm. Uh, our goal is to work with the people of Ghana in partnerships. So mm. we are working on political and cultural but also on development. And this particular program, so there's four of them, and today we are talking about one particular. We're focusing on the north, because as we know in the north, sadly, there is much more poverty, much more poor people, less jobs, more inequality. So we want to address that. We cannot do it alone. We work with the civil society organizations uh, to create the jobs and indeed the sustainability, very important, because at some point, we might not be here, uh, and it's important the project can continue also without uh, external mm. assistance like that. Right. When Maru was speaking, he mentioned something about local participation. Mm-hmm. In this program, where is the place of local participation in terms of the civil society organizations you've talked about? I see in, in the write-up that we're looking at some um, NGOs in Ghana to help with the process. Where is the place of local participation, if you like? It's already there. I yeah. just want you to touch on it a bit. Yeah. No, indeed, as you say, it's there. Uh, you know, we have, of course, our directions from our headquarters. Okay, this is important, and actually we're in the process of doing it now for the next couple of years. So then you look, for instance, at green growth, uh, tackling inequality, uh, the sustainable development goals. But this is never done just, you know, in Brussels or here in Accra, for mm. that matter, with a piece of paper and then thinking, mm. okay, this is how we're going to do it. Right. On all stages... People are involved, so it's international NGOs, but also the local NGOs, to work with the people because in the end of the day, they are the ones who can best judge what is best for them and what are their real needs. Mm, right. So in terms of the implementation of the of the CSRS program and the on one of the projects like we just talked about, what exactly does the EU hope to achieve You know, by implementing this program, i.e. trying to achieve sustainable agriculture, mm-hmm. decent work, social protection what what is the plan here what does the eu hope to achieve mm-hmm. you mentioned it partly already so it's the social protection it's the sustainability as we all know the paris agreement is very important and ghana signed up to it also to have a green economy it's very important in europe it's very important also in africa mm-hmm. but in the end what we are doing and what we are hoping to achieve is to create the skills to help with uh, technical assistance uh, technological for the people to be able to uh, work on the fields we just discussed. So the, the cashews and the, and the bees and uh, working in this way together uh, for indeed a better life for them because that is in the end what it is all about. Uh, better income, uh, more security, more jobs uh, and so forth. So I mean, clearly when you train these people, you're equipping them to be able to do things for themselves in essence. Now, it's going to create a ripple effect and it's going to create a better economy at the end of the day. Like you see, there's going to be less people who can't provide for themselves. There's going to be less people who are under, you know, under the, the grass, if you like, who cannot stand up and compare. And the gap is going to close up. And we're going to have a beautiful economy. This, this is being done across in, in, in Mauro's project. It's being done across a wide area, about 30 districts, about six regions. I can imagine that on the other projects also, you're covering other parts of the country. 
this must cost a lot of money. <laughs> Where's the money coming from and how much is involved? <laughs> yeah, it is now the particular project of Mauro is in the six regions, indeed before four, but yeah, this is just a technicality because then the number of regions was increased. In, in general, we're working almost all the regions of Ghana, but with a stress on the north, because as I said, for us, it's about poverty reduction, mm. reducing inequality, creating more possibilities yeah. for the vulnerable, and there are more vulnerable people in the north than in the other regions, as we know. Uh, how much is involved in this particular project? 7.3 million euros. It's a lot of money. Quite a lot of money. <laughs> Where is it coming from? It's coming from uh, the European taxpayers in the end. But uh, not only for Ghana, but for many other countries in the world, in Africa, in Asia, Latin America, we are doing development projects. Why? Because we think it's important the different countries go to the next step and reach their development. So reduce the poverty, access to rights, that people have access to education, to health. The children go to school, the children have, and others can go to the hospital. So, of course, the European Union is not alone in that, but it's starting from the premise <coughs> that, you know, we are quite a rich uh, continent and we have also the possibility and indeed one could say the responsibility to partner up with other countries mm. also to reach um, more levels of development. Before I ask you my next question, I'm interested in a question I asked Mauro, which I just want to ask you also in terms of success rates. Mm -hmm. Clearly, this, the CSO Rise program will not be the first you have done mm -hmm. or been involved in. So clearly, there's been other programs as well. At Mauro's level, which is micro, because he's implementing on a project level, mm -hmm. at the program level, would you say that this has been successful in times past, maybe percentages? And then how is this one doing so far? Two years mm -hmm. down the line, how is it doing compared to other projects, you know, a couple mm -hmm. of years ago, two, three, four years yeah. ago? Uh, what I can say is I think this is a very successful project and it's doing really well, considering also, as Mauro already said, that, of course, this was a very particular period in time. With COVID, it meant, well, for all of us, uh, only two, three years ago, we could not imagine sitting here with the face mask. Uh, we could not go to offices anymore. You had to do via Zoom. Mm. So in the, these particular circumstances in, you know, uh, up in Tamale and Techim and other parts, even more complicated and challenging. So mm. for that, I think they have really done a marvelous job in the implementation. In yeah, Go ahead, please. In general, of course, some projects are uh, more successful than others. I think it's not really fair to compare every because everyone has his particularities and as I said we have been here for over 40 years so for us the purpose is also learning from you know things that go well and learning from things that go particularly possibly less well. Mm -hmm. you, you, you mentioned COVID mm -hmm. and the difficulties you know when it started and the restrictions it placed on um, being able to engage the people. Mauro talked about um, reducing the, the number of people in each engagement from a high levels to low levels so you could reduce the risk and the number of people. At the program level, just share with us, how has COVID challenged the success of the program so far? Mm -hmm. uh, I think Mauro should also uh, come in on that a bit more in detail, mm. but in, in general, for us, you can imagine that COVID has, well, not only us, but the whole world indeed, it's really particular, uh, affected us all. Uh, also mm. the way, for instance, normally we would have a lot of missions from Brussels. Our colleagues also visiting, not only us from capital mm -hmm. Accra, but also from Brussels mm. visiting and then not staying in Accra, but going to Tamale, going to Kumasi, mm. going to the fields. 
uh, we have, apart from one particular election mission, because we had elections, we have not had visits from Brussels for mm. over a year now. Mm. Uh, in our office, we are working in shifts, like in many other offices, mm. which means you see only half of your staff. Mm. Uh, everything now by Zoom and WebEx. So, yeah, it has affected everything. Mm. And, of course, yeah, uh, we are the donor, but we are fully cognizant of the fact that one cannot do the impossible. Eh? So this is a, a pandemic of, yeah, at least in our lifetimes, I think no one of us were, was there 100 years ago, is of truly unprecedented levels. So we have to be, yeah, uh, count with the fact that uh, some things maybe are going a bit slower or more difficult because, yeah, because we have the COVID and you have to be, yeah, we all have to do those protective measures and keep the distance, wear the mask, hand washing, and be uh, very careful with it. At the same time, I think in general, we managed to give quite a large number of grants for uh, against the COVID and handed out a lot of Veronica buckets and hand washing stations, etc., together with the civil society and with the government of Ghana. You've lost some time, haven't you, due to COVID? Is, <laughs> yeah, well, is the program looking to give you back this time? Well, you know, <laughs> you, know you can never really get you back time. You can never time. really get that time. But yeah. uh, I guess the whole world has lost time in a way. And yeah, what can you so do? So ours is not peculiar. No one's <laughs> going to say, I get what you mean. I get, nobody's going to give you their time back. Yeah. Maru, did you want to share some thoughts as well on the no, effects of I COVID? Mean, I, I totally agree on everything, especially <coughs> the side of traveling in general. I think about a project like ours where we have a lot of technical aspect and we have the advantage of having, for instance, a lot of experts from Europe that should have been able to come but because of all the problem with traveling and everything of course there was a major impact on the kind of aspect but mm. the good thing i would say that in any case we managed to adapt so we started with one idea we wanted to reach a okay but let's say that a was not possible to reach because of this and this and that the good thing is that we quickly adapt to the new context and we were still able to reach our goals, to achieve our outcomes uh, despite the situation that, as Peter said, is a situation that has impacted the whole world. So, you know, in the end, we're in this all together and we're all uh, feeling the effect, okay, of what is going on in here. So, no. yeah, this is this is what, how COVID has impacted us so But far. nobody gets cut in this slack. I get it. I mean, we're all in it together, so mm. um, deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> we deal with it. So, we, I mean, we spoke about local engagement, Peter. I mean, Mara, when I was talking to you and the fact that you're using, and even Peter, you talked about involving local um, NGOs and all of that. Naturally, in doing this, you have involved the government of Ghana to a certain level. Share some thoughts with us on your engagement with the government of Ghana for this project. Mm -hmm. The European Union is here as you know, an entity, a delegation, an embassy, and we are here in a way we are uh, invited by the government of Ghana. So, in fact, we do not do anything without talking with them uh, on the program. As I said, we are now in the next, it's a bit technical, but the next cycle, the next phase. So we always discuss with them. And also on this one, uh, they were, of course, fully on board for this project on the different, uh, and the four different aspects of the project with the four different uh, NGOs. Right. So clearly, I mean, we're in partnership with the, with the government of mm -hmm. Ghana through the Ministry of Finance. Uh, that's how we work. Correct. Right. You, I mean, earlier on, you were talking about extending some relief also to... In, still on the subject of COVID, 
to some of the beneficiary um, um, communities, if you like. Let's talk a bit more about that. What exactly, what specific initiatives did you have to carry out or interventions did you have to carry out to the beneficiary communities during the period of COVID? And in choosing those interventions, how critical were they to the success of, of what you were, uh, were doing as a project? Uh, what, what we did in terms of COVID during yes. the... Yes, so I mean, you, you spoke of Veronica Buckets. Uh, no, in yeah. our case, we distributed, uh, so to say, COVID mitigation kits. Mm. Okay, so we distributed to the communities Veronica buckets and sanitizers. Or, for instance, when at some point the government of Ghana enforced the use of uh, nose mask, mm. okay, that they were compulsory for everybody, then we also started with the distribution of nose mask. Mm -hmm. And especially, we went from community to community with a, a wash campaign in order to raise awareness on. Uh, the basic rules that you should uh, look uh, for, that you should look after for during the COVID time. So we went in the several communities to talk about uh, social distancing, the, the social distancing, to talk about the importance of hand washing, to talk about uh, the importance that maybe if you are sick and it's uh, not strictly necessary to go out, it's better for you to stay home. Uh, and all these kind of measures that have become actually the basic rules of our daily life mm. all over the world, if you think about it. The thing is that the, our role in, in, in our case in the North was really more important because when you look at the North, uh, um, the communities sometimes they are very, very far from, from uh, everything, mm. you know? Mm. Mm -hmm. So they are not easily accessible and also it's hard that the information are able to reach. So we went for a two level of implementation when it comes to COVID-19 and wash awareness. A first level at the community level, straight on the ground. But a second level, in order to reach uh, the biggest number of people uh, possible, we went to the radio. So we went to six, seven radio stations that were able to cover all the North mm. in order to raise awareness, to raise attention towards the issue, the issue, and to make people more aware of what is going on. Mm. And for instance, uh, now we're going to switch and we're going to work more and more with schools, for instance. Think about the schools in Europe. It's, it's a big topic of discussion. Mm. Because, for instance, in, in the case of Ghana, uh, schools uh, closed in, uh, I think it was March, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. And they opened again in uh, uh, January 15, okay? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, there was a long, long, prolonged time for schools to be open because they were not considered safe. So, in the end, they opened. In Europe, for instance, we still don't agree mm. if schools are supposed to be open, open or, or not. not. Mm. So what we're going to do so far mm. now, for instance, is working with schools, working with the head of the schools, mm. working with the school staff and working with kids especially in order to raise more and more awareness mm. on the proper, on the correct behaviors to adopt when you are at school. Maru, going away from this conversation today, what would you want our listeners and particularly beneficiaries from the regions where you're working and the districts where you're working to remember from this conversation what one thing would you want them to remember your final words well my final words is that i believe that the success of this um project lies in the uh, lays in the um, collaboration so collaboration comes first 
And uh, what I can say is that so far we received great, great support from all the district assemblies that we're working with, from all the RCC that we're working with. They were always there for us and they were always there to facilitate our work. So I would say that proceeding further is in this direction is what will definitely uh, assure the success of the project. Mm. And to the beneficiaries, I would say that uh, they really need to, uh, we really have to be together in this to believe in what we're doing and uh, to believe that uh, uh, we can really make a change to our collective action, to through our daily effort towards a more sustainable um, job creation, a more sustainable entrepreneurship, a more sustainable environment. And to those uh, beneficiaries who could not be a part of this, should they look out for more? Should they visit your offices for more information? Oh, definitely. They can come every time. Okay. And we are there. And your offices are in Bolgatanga, in Techiman, and in Tamale. Beautiful, beautiful. Peter, your final words. Um, I completely agree, of course, with uh, Mauro. I think um, for projects like this, they also require uh, perseverance and patience mm. and the indeed common belief that we're working towards the sustainability for the future. So I'm uh, very glad with the complete involvement with the beneficiaries and uh, we're looking forward to the rest of the project. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you so much. This has been Masterclass, a conversation on the CSO RISE program, an initiative of the European Union, together with the Ministry of Finance, helping build Ghanaian families and communities and making our livelihoods better. We've just had here on the show, having a beautiful conversation, the Deputy Head of Delegation, the person of Mr. Peter Schmitz, and also one of the project's uh, country rep, Mauro Bartolomeo. Just before they go, though, gentlemen, in multimedia this month, we're celebrating Ghana Month. So let me just sort of have a quick conversation with you guys. How long have you been in Ghana, Peter? Uh, I arrived in the summer of 2019. Okay, so you've been here a while, over a year? Uh, yes, it's uh, one year and a half. No? One year and a half. You have been here for two years, Maro. Same, same. What, what, what's your impression about Ghana as a country? Uh, I am very positively impressed. It's my uh, third country in Africa. Okay. I worked before in uh, Chad and Sudan. Is it your best in Africa so uh, far? Of course. <laughs> 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 what I can surely say is that, uh, you know, Chad was a bit yeah. rough. I also was evacuated mm. twice with coup d'etat mm. and everything. So mm. it's a safe country. Yeah. The people are nice. Uh, it's good to be here. And the weather is nice. Weather is nice. A bit hot though now. <laughs> but uh, And I'm here with yeah. uh, uh, my family too little Beautiful. children and the uh, two boys they are also happy beautiful i'll come back to you maru you live up north what's the weather like well to be honest with you <laughs> be I honest pre- with me <laughs> i prefer it <laughs> you, you you prefer it oh yeah okay isn't but, it too hot for you but everybody thinks that the north is so hot but i tell you what there is a may a small difference that makes a big impact and mm. it's like that it's not humid mm. it's not humid at all in the north mm. so it's dry so when it's dry, I would say that your body tolerates it better. But mm. I love the south. I love the vibes in Accra and mm. everything. So don't take me wrong. Eh? <laughs> so I love, I, I love yeah. both sides. Both sides for many different aspects. For, for different instance, reasons. Food, for instance. What one thing, Peter, resonates with you? What one thing, Ghanaian thing, resonates with you very strongly? Uh, I would say, yeah, it's the people and the hospitality it's of the people. people. And the hospitality. They, are, they are nice. They are welcoming, tranquil. Have you tried any of our food? Yeah, I've tried uh, many things, but I think I would prefer uh, uh, red, red and kelly. Red, red. <laughs> oh, I love that. Mauro, you? I agree on that. 
On the red, red. So when I'm in the south, red, <laughs> red. When I'm in the north, guinea fowl. Guinea fowl. Of okay. Course. What one thing can you say in the Ghanaian, um, which Ghanaian language in um, Chi um, is, a, is the most, um, should I say, prolific one. What one thing, Peter, can you say in the Ghanaian language? Tell us what it means in English and then try and say it in um, I, in, th- I think I can say Minda Nyeshi. Minda Nyeshi. That's Ga. Beautiful. Wow, wow. Please say that again. <laughs> Minda Nyeshi. And it means what? Thank, I thank you. I thank you. Wow. All my Ga people will be excited this afternoon. <laughs> Maru, what one thing can you say in any Ghanaian language? Well, the right conclusion for this interview mm-hmm. would be uh, better than, I mean, <laughs> it, nothing better than saying Medam Wasepi. Medam Wasepi. Wow. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to play a Ghanaian song for you. And then we end the show, okay, on that okay. note. So take this one. This one is from Weala, wonderful Ghanaian musician um, coming up right now. Welcome back. That was a 